Hey y'all, welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Almost Podcast, the Saturday, June 11th, 2022 edition here on the podcast. One hour program for you guys today. Um, apologies for the delay. I am under the weather and I've been under the weather for a little bit. So um, only one part today. I'm going to put the other one up, uh, part two tomorrow on the podcast. So uh, just needed to get this in with Tennessee playing uh, game number two here, do or die time here in Knoxville. So in just a couple hours so need to get this up first because guess what it's go big orange friday with ryan shumpert of rocky top insider and ethan stone of off the hook sports so uh great to have them on at this time as we do every single week and uh hope you guys enjoy uh listening to them on this very podcast um make sure that you can check us out on youtube youtube.com type in the chase most podcast you'll find us there um let's see what else can you do? You can tweet at me at Chase underscore Thomas, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. And of course, as always, you can email this program at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, what's up? Welcome back to Go Big Orange Friday. You're not going to believe this, folks, but we take this on a Friday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Ethan Stone, move locations. I don't know what I'm staring at behind me. Like, he gets a new job, and he's just like, you know, it's time for me to really pivot to video and really deck out uh, the studio because you got some Tennessee stuff. You got the American yeah. flag. You got, like, bottle caps, I want to say. A lot's going on, my man. My whole room around. My, my whole my whole room is completely different than it was a week ago. <laughs> yeah, Hold on. much otherwise. Did you do this in a week? Yes. I, it was already over there. I just moved my desk to different locations. Okay. I was going to say, I thought you set all of this up behind you in a week. Oh, no. and I, I was, was like, working e- like a dog moving this stuff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Ryan, not working like a dog. He's in a blank space behind him. Who knows? It looks like a prison cell, summer camp in the middle of nowhere. Barren wall uh, yeah. remains. No, no upgrades over on this end. Are you a sticker guy, or you, do you decorate your room at all? I got... Uh, titan's flag in here that's really about it it's all he needs yeah i got a sticker on my uh closet door uh shumpert county executive from when my granddad uh, ran for and was county executive so i I think those are the two things the two decorations i have people forget i got engaged at your grandfather's uh, people do Mm -hmm. we should be collecting a tax the shumpert family should be collecting a tax for all engagements that, that take place at that park I wonder how many do. Do you think? Do you think a lot do? I have no idea. Beats me. I hope I'm the only one. That's what I want to believe. Is I'm gonna under. I'm gonna go under the circumstance that I'm the only one because you have to bring the dog involved. It's a dog park, generally speaking. So a lot of people may not want the dog involved in the engagement process. I don't know. I want to believe. Uh, Circle back and uh, let me know. Do some. Do some. I'll do some research. Yeah, Yeah, I would appreciate that. Okay. Um, I'll find the records. And we like Ryan can just move out. Like he's in and out. He can live wherever. He has like seven things, and you just you didn't even know he was there. Uh, you're just you get your you buy your clothes in bulk. You're very efficient. You're like I need nine colors of these t-shirts, and then I'm good for a year and a half, and then I'm gonna keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean that's a little bit of targeting, but not overall <laughs> inaccurate either. So it's not targeting. It's just we are who we are. I feel like I got a pretty good read on you. I, I think that's yeah, I just... I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's a lot of books and 
Yeah. Assortments on my desk. That would be the biggest issue from the, the whole picking up and moving uh, scenario that you, you put on. It's a madhouse. I have to clear space just to work over there. I mean, as someone who moved from Atlanta to Knoxville and drove a an astronomical amount of books to my place, moving books is the worst part of moving because they're they're sneaky heavy and you got to just pack them all up and you got to move them. If you don't hire movers, like I'll never do that again. I will never move without movers ever again because I'm not dealing with the books. Like I'm not dealing with a lot of the, it's just, I'm too old. I am too old, not doing it. Um, it's just not going to happen. I, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm paying the money. I'm not going to go cheap with that. Uh, but there you go. There you go. Uh, guys, we have some Tennessee to talk about. We're taping this couple hours before Tennessee faces off against the Notre Dame fighting Irish this weekend. Did you hear about this? Did you see this? Tennessee put Notre Dame. This is happening this weekend. Um, but first, I wanted to talk some, some basketball. Um, so, neutral site game in Brooklyn. Another one of these uh, against Maryland. It looks like this is probably it for the non-conference slate for Tennessee basketball. Um, obviously, we would like to have something like we had with Arizona this past year at home. Recruits like it, fans like it. Uh, but Maryland, neutral site, Kevin Willard now in the fold in Maryland. Um, what uh, what did you make of Maryland being added to the non-conference slate in that uh, tournament, tournament, Ryan? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I thought it was an interesting move. Uh, like you said, you kind of felt like there was one more game they were going to add, at least if they it's still the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I don't know their opponent for that, but they'll obviously play in that and they were one game away before Maryland having the same kind of number of premier non-conference games as they did last year. And it wasn't, it didn't do a ton to surprise me or, or jump out the page of me, I guess really either Maryland, obviously a little bit down right now, first year head coach, as you said, but another chance for Tennessee to go up and play in New York city. I don't know if that had any impact on it over the, over the fact that, I mean, Barnes has talked about in the past, he likes to take these guys to different places to play non-conference mm-hmm. games just for the experience of it. They're college kids. They haven't been to all these places. But at the same time, Tennessee signs Kai Ziegler out of New York. Toby Iwaka, they just signed or have committed out of New York as well. So I don't know if there's an additional uh, conscientious effort to go play a game up near their families or just to try to continue to recruit New York City. Uh, but Maryland probably not, not a game like Gonzaga and not a game like Arizona on the schedule uh, where – you're like, wow, this is a premier. You can't miss this type of matchup. But a good game, another game that will add to the, to the non-conference schedule. And like you said, rounds out another pretty solid non-conference uh, slate that Tennessee has this year. Do we have Memphis on the schedule or no? No. That should be a guaranteed makeup for those fans for what I happened agree. last spring. Or winter, whenever. God, that was a Nashville for that. And I was sick as a dog. And that was like all I had to hold on to was just being like, I'm going to get um, – some ginger tea and go to this bar and watch Tennessee Memphis. I'm going to drag myself and that will cheer. And then of course it's just not what happened. Uh, but we don't have to relitigate that. What happened to those good folks in Nashville. Um, Ethan, what, uh, what do you make about Justin Powell uh, moving on to Wazoo? It looks like he's going to have to sit out because he's not a grad transfer. It's like we just are conditioned to everyone not having to sit out and being able to move multiple times and getting waivers and stuff like that. But Ultimately, because he's in this unique situation now where he is not graduated and he's already used the transfer uh, portal once, it seems like he's going to have to sit out, but we kind of assumed that he was going to go overseas or do something else um, if because he was probably going to have to sit out if he stayed in the States. Um, what do you make of Powell in, uh, in Coog country? 
Yeah, him going to a power six kind of surprised me, kind of like you just said. But it's it's a good landing spot for him if he can get the waiver for it. That's what he's probably going to do. He's going to apply and, and see if, if maybe he can uh, appeal that and play this year. I, I doubt it. I, I don't see much of a way that that'll happen. He'll, he'll get that passed. But it is technically feasible that, that he could do that. It's it's a good landing spot for him. They got three of their top dudes leaving. And obviously, like we said, that won't matter this season. But, you know, they're theoretically would be open spots if that's his plan is, is to try and play this season if not it's still a pretty decent place for him it's better than going to i don't know uh just off the top of my head southern utah place like that a little small school it's a legitimate program that he could maybe hone his skills and, and i guess keep fighting for uh for his goal yeah what do you think ryan yeah i mean i don't think it was necessarily shocking i mean that's kind of the level when you take out the eligibility stuff which like you said, you would think you wouldn't be eligible. They get people get eligibility so easily. I'm just writing it. I'm not even saying it definitively. Just he's already used his immediate eligibility. So I mean, we'll see what happens there. But outside of that, I think that's the level of school that makes a lot of sense for him to go to. It's still a power five, but that's a place that he should be able to come in and be a starter, or at least make a big impact immediately. Have a lot of minutes guaranteed. So it'll be interesting to see. One thing that I didn't really know until doing some research on it is that. Washington State under Kyle Smith is they haven't made an NCAA tournament, but they've steadily gotten a lot better every year. I think they've uh, last year was the best record they had in over 20 years or something like that. So, like Ian said, they lose some of their main guys, and as we know, progress isn't always linear, but certainly seems like a program that, one, can provide them the ability to play uh, in a lot of minutes, and two, does seem to be turning in the right direction. Well, it's definitely one of those places. It's a money ball type approach. Kyle Smith, I think he came up from San Francisco, if I remember correctly, um, and kind of made his bones on on just three and D. Like we're only shooting threes, we're only getting fouled, yep. and um, Powell seems like a better fit for that kind of scheme than what uh, Barnes needed. And it's defense first approach in Knoxville, and it's just I think guys like Powell. It's just going to be hard uh, when you can't defend and when Barnes doesn't trust you on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's just always going to be a problem there, I think, potentially. Um, Aiden Holloway, what do we what do we think? It seems like he's probably a lock for this 2023 class, Ryan. Yeah, I don't know about a lock, but uh, certainly a guy they're going after really strong and is, have been for a while. I mean, that's been a name that's been pretty prominent in the Tennessee recruiting uh since they started recruiting this class, obviously just right over there in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the same school Fulkerson played at, uh, hmm. private school Fulkerson played at. Don't probably shouldn't have said that because I don't know 100 percent for sure, but I uh, think there's some sort of Tennessee tie to that school, and hmm. it sounds like Tennessee is going to be able to get them on campus uh, again, and they've probably had them on campus more than any other school has. So uh, it's a big time recruitment, a big time prospect that a lot of good schools are in on, but certainly one that uh, Tennessee has been in on him from the jump uh, there's a lot of familiar familiarity there between the coaches and Holloway and would be a huge get I mean you start they have Cade Phillips inside we talked about that I don't know if that was last show or two shows ago mm. a really good get and then Justin Edwards is obviously the the coup and the class are going after and that seems to be a major Tennessee Kentucky battle you all of a sudden have a top 40 point guard to go along with a really good big man commit and a chance to get a top 10 wing and that right there you have an elite class uh, pretty, you know, at least it seems like both Edwards and, and Holloway are already pretty deep into their recruitments. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. I'm excited. It uh, looks like it. Uh, I think Rick Barnes is not slowing down on the recruiting front. I think they're going to be fine. I think 
Aiden talked about Ganey being a big guy for him um, in his recruitment. So I think he's someone to watch just recruiting going forward. It seems like he's got a good uh, good vibe with a lot of these kids. So that's good to know. Um, in terms of football, Carnell Tate, it looks like he's going to commit next week. I was listening to Austin Price in the Ball Quest mailbag, and he said he was still leaning um, Carnell to Tennessee in that uh, I thought this was interesting is that if it wasn't Tennessee, he would not commit in June, like the second and third week of June, I want to say. Um, and if it drags out, it's probably somebody else. And I don't know, like I've been kind of cooling off on this <laughs> the last couple of weeks and just reading uh, different sites and different perspectives on it that like, man, it's just going to be hard for him to say. I mean, obviously, Ohio State's a lot closer in Chicago for his family and stuff like that. But it's also, man... You can make, like, Jameson, who started off at Ohio State, you have Garrett Olave, you have, or Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, you just have dude after dude after dude who Ohio State, like, if you go play as a five-star at Ohio State, you're probably going to go in the first round. Like, that's just kind of where they're at. So for Tennessee, like, it would be a gigantic win to me if they're able to pull him away from a guaranteed first-round pick option in uh, in Columbus because I understand that pull, so I hope Tennessee fans aren't really upset if he ends up in uh, Buckeye land, and I, I think people might dunk up like, oh, I thought Tennessee was going to get all these five stars, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there will be some pushback on that front if Carnell does not uh, pick Tennessee over Ohio State, but I just think it's one of those things It's going to be really hard to beat Ohio State for these five-star receivers with the Ryan Day administration, but I don't know. Uh, Ethan, do you think uh right now now that we know it's going to happen this week he's looking for his videographer i don't know uh, if he found one yet um but we'll see and uh do you do you think carnell tate is a vol this time next week i, I just want to say real fun i think it's really funny how on, on instagram he's like yeah i'll come in i gotta find a videographer first yeah. <laughs> and then yeah and then i'll do all that it, it certainly seems that way it certainly seems seems that he's been leaning tennessee for a while and it's it's interesting that you brought up that point that um you know, Ohio State, you can be guaranteed to go be a wide receiver. He had a tweet a while ago, and I don't want to get too be reading too far into tweets, but he had one of them that was like, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like, I. You can be a first round pick anywhere, I think. Thanks, hmm. thanks for saving me. That's exactly what it was. Huh. I, I, I totally blanked when it came up there, but exactly what Ryan just said. And it's very interesting that you said that as well, because that kind of clicked in my head as he said that. And. Just seeing all the love I feel like Carnell has given Tennessee on Twitter, on social media recently, and, and the fact that he's getting all these crystal balls for it. And, and between Tennessee and Ohio State, if those are the two front runners for it, I'd say right now Tennessee has the edge, especially with you know his perceived relationship he's found with Nico and, and just the other guys coming into the class and the way he's, I guess, been with them and, and interacted with them online. It, it just seems very much so that, that he would be leaning towards Tennessee. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I know. I think between that tweet and then Brian Hartline, Ohio State's receivers coach, I can't remember exactly the timeline, what the order was between those two tweets. He kind of had a subtweeting-ish tweet kind of about him and making sure you make the right decision. And then I saw there was a video um, from, I think, an Ohio State writer kind of talking about it and saying he's going to go Tennessee and how it's all about the money. And I think I saw Carnell's Tate's mom was quote-tweeting that and was getting some negative reactions. So, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I did see in hmm. an interview with 247 Sports, he said he's, he plans on committing in the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, but And when you just look at all those factors, it certainly feels like certainly feels like Tennessee is going to be uh, the choice. But who knows? Recruiting <laughs> recruiting can change by the minute. 
but that certainly seems uh, to be the way things are trending as of the last couple last couple weeks. That is wild, though. Like, how much of a def- like is it going to be deflating, Ryan, if he doesn't? Because Casper was also the other main guy, and he obviously committed a while ago to Oregon, and not getting Casper or Carnell with this group, and it's like, well, this is a pretty stacked. Like Tennessee added a bunch of four stars in this past wide receiver class. Um, we know that the Heupel wants to emphasize defense and replenishing that cupboard on that side of the ball going forward. But is it a like? Does it change how people are seeing the momentum for Tennessee if Carnell picks Ohio State over Tennessee? I don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. I don't think that Carnell take going to Ohio State changes the vibes or the attitude around the program. Uh, mm-hmm. If you start missing out on all these top 100 guys, you know, top 150 guys that they seem to be deep in, then yeah, I think it does. But just one player, I don't think it necessarily does. And to your point, it would be going to Ohio State, who is yeah. very, very appealing for for receiving prospects. And, and I don't think there's any shame in losing out a five-star receiver to Ohio State. Uh, the Vols, preseason number 10 per Athlon Sports. Ethan, do you think that's too high? Wait. They they had ten people named to the thing. Do you think that's too high? That how many no, people were named to it? No, no, no. The word number ten in Athlon Sports preseason list. I didn't even I didn't even see that. Is that true, Ryan? Mm. I I'm I'm trusting Chase. I haven't yeah. I haven't I, seen that. But... I didn't even see that. And and me being as shocked as I am, that's why I think that uh, I'll answer your question. Yes, I do. I do think it might be a little bit too high. Um, I, I, that's. That's saying something. That's saying Tennessee, you're you're two under Heupel. Because what I saw was that ten players were named to the to the preseason list of hmm. you know Hendon Hooker. Maybe I got Teddy a backwards. Tillman. I think you might have because that seems really shocking. <laughs> but yeah, there was. That, I kind of I didn't even have. But when Ethan, when you had that confusion, I was like, yeah, that's what it was. It was ten. There was, there was ten players named to the All S Daphlon uh, All SEC. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Team. There you go. Four teams, I think it mm. was too. Which I love I will... how they how Athlon just who whoever has four all co- four all conference teams and they do it to, to milk it out and get as get as much uh, eyes, I guess, on their product. Wow, one hundred percent. Ryan burning bridges all the time on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know, but I I respect it. It's an admirable move, and it's mm-hmm. it was my when you said Tennessee number ten over on the country, that was my first thought. If Tennessee or Texas or Notre Dame or Florida, any of these huge brands. I mean, they're trying to sell magazines here. Yeah. The Tennessee fans buy magazines. Putting Tennessee higher in the rankings than they think it is, that'll sell magazines. And if ten was actually what they had them at, I would. I'm with Ethan. That that seems seems high to me. <laughs> but I mean, ten is not outrageous. Like if they go nine and three, ten is right around that number. Like ten is kind of where they're at. If they're the number three or number four SEC team at the end of the year, number ten, like that's if everything went right. I think this year, but I don't think that's like if they beat Florida, if they beat Pitt, if they get an upset between, I forgot who it was. I think it was Matt Hayes on Saturday on South who said that Tennessee's beating either Georgia or Alabama this year. Um, that like that just changes things. So you're probably, you've split that series and you win the games you're supposed to be went like that you're favored in, which I think Tennessee will probably favored in at least eight games this year. I mean, if Tennessee 10... just beats Alabama, who they haven't beaten in 15 years, <laughs> yeah, was... beats the defending national champions that they haven't played within three touchdowns for in half a decade, then yeah, then I think Tennessee is <laughs> going to be a top 10 team. I 
we joke about it, man. But I mean, we, we were in we, the in the fourth we, quarter. Tennessee was in the Alabama game in the fourth quarter. If Bryce Young did not score on that touchdown, like if we want to relitigate that, like he's not in. Like we just moved on. Like go watch it. Like he's not in. Um, no, he's not. He's definitely not in. You're 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 correct about that. And I mean, look, that game. It, they were they fought and they were in it for three and a half quarters. Uh, they couldn't do the full four, but they didn't have the bodies yet. So it's like if you just have a little bit more bodies, if the defense is a little bit better. I mean, I don't know. I'm not predicting on this podcast that Tennessee beats Alabama and Georgia. I am saying I think what we saw last year was enough to be like, hey, this offense is capable of beating when it gets really filled out. The, this entire roster is completely filled out the way Heupel wants it filled out, that they're going to be capable of beating somebody that like the Josh Job not paying attention and Cedric Tillman just running by like that's just going to be a part of it you can scheme for that all you want but tempo is the tempo is outrageous and the tempo is going to catch teams by surprise it's going to be a problem for people and I don't know I just think it, it at some point it happens right like at some point Tennessee if they keep moving in this we just have to like move past who we are like no one had Texas A&M beating Alabama last year like Zach Calzada had the game of his life um but if you're recruiting like this and you're coaching like this and the offense is humming like it is I don't know I mean it's they'll be in those games like I would be surprised if Alabama and Georgia and especially Georgia this year I think Tennessee will uh with how much Georgia's replacing on the defensive side of the ball um expecting Stetson Bennett to be just as good as he was last year uh they have a lot of questions at receiver a lot of talent but a lot of questions um I just would not be surprised if if Bama and Georgia were still games and competitive in the fourth quarter. And if it's competitive in the fourth, college football is weird, man. Crazy things can happen. So I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if they're both competitive in the fourth quarter at the very least. Yeah, I, I could buy in more if you flip the locations of those games. Because I think Alabama I think Tennessee plays be... better at Georgia. I mean, may, maybe history says that. <laughs> I'm not... I think if you ask Josh Heupel, hey, can you want to switch that Georgia game to Knoxville? He takes it in a heartbeat. I don't know. You know that first play in Athens two years ago, punt over the head. Was was that a punt yeah, or was, just a shotgun snap? snap. Right yeah. Because yeah. yeah. well, literally the very first play from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And, See, that's what I'm saying. There's something about playing in Athens. Like, there's just Georgia loses themselves a little bit when they're playing the balls in Athens. And I, you, you are right. Tennessee played – well there in 2018 given the talent uh, level of that team and then obviously played well for a half in 2020 before the offensive line yeah. became uh, stagnant yeah. and Georgia's defense ends ran directly past them every single play of the second <laughs> half for for sacks and Jarrett Garantano got murdered uh, right but yeah, George Pickens I mean, pretended to pee on a guy yeah, yeah it was the exact that, moment the exact moment the Jeremy Pruitt show is just like, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, I think it was just the way he was wearing his mask was just when we're like, all right, we're in over our head at that well, point. Well, there's also the, the great George Pickens here in Pruitt play from that game, and Pickens got away with just a clear hold on a touchdown run, like 10-yard touchdown run, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Pruitt sprinting down the sideline, <laughs> yelling at the ref, and George Pickens just walking up to <laughs> him, clapping, clapping in his face. <laughs> But, no, I mean, to, to your point overall, you're right. I mean, the tempo, uh, what Tennessee's offense uh, can do under Heupel, and when you have a quarterback that can play at a really high level, which we've seen Hooker do in his first year in the system, and he elevates it, that's the great equalizer in college football. Tennessee doesn't have to have the exact talent of Alabama or Georgia to play him close uh, or necessarily beat him. 
I just think they're the talent gap on that defense end for Tennessee is still too yeah. big for me to buy into the Tennessee winning either of those games. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't mortgage your your house on it. I yeah. wouldn't do that. But if you were to tell me, I mean, I don't know. I let's get through Florida. That's my whole thing. It's like let's just get through Florida this year, and then we'll talk about the other stuff because it's. I was talking to Matt this week, and he was just like, I mean, the Florida-Tennessee rivalry is not that bad. And I was like, I, no, it's that bad. Like, people don't – I don't think outside of Tennessee know that it's really, really bad now. It's – it's. I mean, in the 21st century, in y'all's lifetime, basically, it's just been uh, – it's just been a mess. It's been an absolute mess. The first Tennessee football game, uh, at least in Neyland, I might have gone with one at Vanderbilt. The first mm. game in Neyland I saw was that 2004 game, which yeah. was – I was five years old, and he's beaten <laughs> Florida once since then. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's bad, uh, to your point. And it's not like Alabama, where Alabama's won however many get 15 games in a row now, mm. I guess. I think that's how long Saban's been there, maybe 14. And Alabama's been about the best two or three team in, in the country every single one of those years besides Saban's first year. Right. Florida's had a lot of mediocre teams that Tennessee sh- – and games that Tennessee had won in that time frame that Tennessee didn't win. And to me, it's – it's much, much different, and it's certainly agonizing for the Tennessee fan base. Yeah, but hey, I I think, look, uh, let's just go in optimistic. It is June 10th. Let's just, you never know. Like, we're mo- the enough. vibes are all positive. Um, but also, just don't send any recruits to Knoxville the Florida weekend. That would be great. Like, I don't want anyone in the building who might pull any kind of, like, oh, God, what just happened? I got to rethink this. I would not schedule any recruiting visits for Florida weekend at, at all. The vibes and just seeing the fans just demoralize potentially and just, no. I, I think I would stay away from that one because uh, that would just help Florida too. I don't I don't think you want uh, a lot of those guys that you're competing with Florida and Napier and his uh, – what is it? Twenty million dollar budget? Is he looking for seventeen? What was his number? I don't remember. Uh, it was something off. high. It was something high. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Uh, baseball coming up in two hours, uh, folks. will hear this after game one. Um, it will be not Chase Dolander. He's pitching tomorrow. We get Blade Tidwell tonight. Um, we have not. We don't. We don't know for certain who's going to pitch Sunday. I would be surprised if it's Beam, if needed, if we have to get to that point, uh, based on what we saw last week and just with his kind of stuff versus the other two and what we got there. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's Camden Sewell. Maybe it's Chase Burns. Do you throw him back in the mix? I. I don't know. What. Uh, what are your expectations for this Notre Dame series? Because the way I look at it is like I'm less nervous about this super regional than I was last weekend and. I don't know if that's how y'all feel about this Notre Dame team, but I think we match up pretty well. This is a pretty good, pretty good fit for Tennessee needing to get the College World Series from my perspective. What do you think, Ethan? I'd say it's a just such a change of pace. That's what Notre Dame. I feel like this this weekend will will be more than anything else because Campbell and Georgia Tech they they kind of messed around with Tennessee a little bit. Obviously, both taking back to back four to nothing leads really good hitting teams. Georgia right. Tech, I, I believe the best in the nation batting average. It was like hmm. 0.327. And so really good hitting teams, good power hitting teams. And Notre Dame just cannot be more of the opposite. They're they're a good pitching team. They've they've got uh, obviously Michael Bertrand, John Michael Bertrand. He's a great pitcher. He's pr- he went twice, I believe, in the Statesboro Regional. And so he's probably only going to go once this weekend. I would bet he'd be their Saturday guy. Not sure if, if their coach has said that or not. But it's just such a change of scenery. And that's the thing I feel like that above anything else, Tennessee, 
I, I feel like out talents Notre Dame. You know, if, if you meet them in the regular season, best of three, Tennessee probably wins all three. Right now, just with the change of pace, the change of scenery, it might maybe mess them up a little bit. I don't know. I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I still think Tennessee wins two games. I don't even think the Sunday starter question is necessary because I don't think Tennessee will need it. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't agree. I would say still more worried about this weekend and not not because of the opponent. I completely agree that I think this is a very good matchup for Tennessee because it's a very pitching-dominated team in Notre Dame. One of its best strengths is its pitching depth, which doesn't show up quite as much in a best-of-three game series, which that is why uh, I, you know, it's one of Tennessee's best strengths too. And that's why I never thought in a regional anybody could beat them. There's just Tennessee just has too many arms. Even they lose that game to Georgia Tech on Sunday, I would have been shocked if they didn't come come back and, and win on Monday. With you saw what Georgia Tech got to its bullpen in, yeah. on that Sunday game, it, it, it was a matter of time before Tennessee broke things open. Mm. So uh, on that that front, that's kind of how I feel: regional versus super regional. But no, I think you're right. I think it's a good matchup for Tennessee for a team that's very pitching dominant in Notre Dame at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. I think Tennessee's offense is just so good that nobody at this time of year is going to hold them to less than five or six runs and i think tennessee's pitching is good enough mixed with an offense that doesn't have a ton of power uh, it doesn't have a ton to really hang its hat on uh, i don't think they're going to be able to, to hang around and, and i'm i'm with ethan I, I think tennessee probably competitive games uh, i don't think i don't expect tennessee to come out here and blow them out in, in any of the games but i do think tennessee uh, takes care of business in two and, and punches its ticket to go back to omaha yeah i'd be pretty surprised i guess it'd just be more of a bummer if it ended here, the regionals can get weird and Campbell, obviously just playing there, just the, the offense where it's like, man, the bats went cold and we played two hot bat teams and that was it. Like I just, Hey, bad luck. This would just be more of a surprise where I just, I think a lot more has to go right for Notre Dame to win this and Tennessee can just, <laughs> I, I just don't see it. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, we'll we'll have to see ultimately what happens here, but I think uh, we're in good shape. And I also think it's probably good that Dolander had that weekend that he had last week for this series because I think the odds of him going back-to-back with bad starts is pretty slim to none. So um, Blade was obviously great on Friday last week, but I just I think the pitching will be pretty identical, and like Ryan alluded to, it's just our depth in the bullpen is just second to none and being able to count on will or kirby or whoever like it just i think it's just it's not going to happen if tennessee goes down this postseason i don't think it will be here it will be later on and uh in omaha potentially but we'll see omaha is just the goal Uh, the goal should really just be we've built the death star in in a in a little bit of ways and look you know, part of that is Dan Ravel's fault. People forget. Um, who tweeted today. And look, so for folks that do not already know, Tennessee gets a big-time recruit from Can- – or a big-time player from Kansas um, who is Hawaiian. How do you pronounce his name, Ryan? Do you know? Maui Ohana. Ma- okay. And really good player, uh, MLB future MLB guy. Um, he's got uh, – he'll be able to jump in right away. He's probably only going to be at Tennessee for one year. Uh, but I am curious how the fit works because it seems like Lawson and Ortega are both planning to come back, but maybe that's a good thing because one of the things that drove every Tennessee fan mad this past weekend was uh, Lawson at short, Um, so maybe moving him to third uh, when trade departs, or I don't know how uh, Vitello will reshuffle the the infield if necessary. We don't even know. Like Lawson might go, Ortega might go. We'll see. Still a lot of time for that, Um, but... 
there was a he used a term which is a wrong and crappy and gross and we won't even use it on this podcast but he did that and he also just threw out the notion that tennessee uh bought and uh, nil was the reason that this man transferred to the university of tennessee um why i just it's it, it reminds me of the nico stuff and it reminds me of just this thing where it's like are we just throwing out the offensive part of it? are we throwing out that he, the man transferred to the number one baseball team in the country do you think that might have been part of it is he just saw like how this offense collectively is just mashing and berating people do you think maybe he wanted to be on another national title contender next year do you think that might be a pull to go join the number one team with uh, a fun manager a player friendly manager and a stadium and a group of fans that really care and really pack this thing up and yeah i'm sure nil was okay but to discount and to just put it at just this is the reason that this player chose this school um be better this is not reality, and it's not fair to that kid. It's not fair to what Vitello has built uh, at Tennessee, and it's just uh, it it just sucks, man. I saw that and I was like, "Good, uh, it's Friday afternoon. I'm not getting mad at a Darren Ravel tweet, but good God, I just maybe Darren Ravel's first ever tweet about college baseball too, which yeah. makes it all the more <laughs> incredible. I don't know, Ryan. What are, do you have a take on this? Not really. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's accurate. It's it's just kind of what is Darren Ravel doing when I, when I saw it. And like you said, it's <laughs> playing for Tony Vitello and the way the freedom that he gives his players mm-hmm. at a ballpark that could not be more hitter friendly. Yep. For the number one team in the country, he was going to return its whole entire pitching rotation that also got invited to USA Baseball's collegiate summer circuit. That's a pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty good selling point. There's mm. not a whole lot else that needs to go on. So uh, that's that's kind of my take. And it's who cares about Darren Ravel? Who get, just don't even give him the attention? It's just yeah, this is an attention. It's just so silly. But we're gonna see this over and over again. Where if someone signs and if someone hears, oh, there was nil involved, it's like, well, yeah, that's part of the process now. Like that's just part of the game, and that that's something that Tennessee has an advantage on. But it's also like. This man is not coming to Tennessee if Tennessee has not built the Death Star in baseball this year. Like those two, to discount that and just to pretend that this team is not who they are on the field and what Vitello has done and what every and just all the other variables and to simplify it that way, I think is just uh, it's the opposite of Galaxy Brain. Maybe it's the full version of that Galaxy Brain. I don't know, but whatever it is, uh, don't do it. Uh, what do you think, Ethan? It's uh, I've been waiting to to say this since you started talking about it. It's exactly what Ryan said. The dude is just asking for attention. Uh, exhibit mm. A. Let let me. He he. So on the Uh-oh, tweet, he's pulling up the receipts. You know, on the tweet, he like turned off replies. Yes. Like specifically turned off replies, and then he sent out another tweet about twenty minutes later. I'll read it verbatim. It says to the state of Tennessee, my replies are turned off because of an <laughs> issue I've had with crypto bots, which I've been working on with Twitter for a month. It's not because I'm scared of what you are going to say. I've been interacting on Twitter since some of you were in preschool. He says that with his tweet on. <laughs> so obviously the crypto bot thing is not what he was going for. My man is fishing for attention. Oh my goodness! That, Twitter tough guy Darren Ravel, he's back. Big tough guy. It's it's incredible. It's it's uh, amazing content. And Tennessee's not the hornet's nest you want to shake up. Like, that's just not the one. And then, like, the Notre Dame kid this week, that poor kid who said, 
I would be scared of us. What did he say? Something along those lines. Like, what More are you doing? Worried, I think, was the, yeah. the word he used. He says, if, but, I was, if I were them, I'd be scared. Uh, (laughs) did you see what jordan beck was doing on rounding the bases like do you really want that why do you want that well i'm actually i don't know if defending him is the right word yeah but who cares it's a super (laughs) regional weekend tennessee does not need any extra motivation they'll take it though yeah i mean they will they will absolutely (laughs) take it but is it going to feel any bit any better any worse for him that he gave him that motivation if tennessee beats him this weekend I mean, if they beat him bad, it, the announcers are going to talk about that one for a little bit. It's going to be my guess. If Tennessee's yeah, up it, 10 nothing in the seventh, like in game one, I think that might come up. Something else, too, that I feel is, is underrated is Notre Dame is a pitching-heavy team. So you mm. know his pitcher's got to be like, dude, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> like, That's a great point. Let, let yeah. me do my job over here. We I'm the one chance we got here. Like, yeah. But you're not and, – and given Ryan Cole is kind of their star guy, he's the one that said it. But at, yeah. at the same time, my man, you, you – you gotta you gotta read the room a little bit. Might. I'm gonna guess the manager pulled him inside for for a couple <laughs> minutes. And hey, man, uh, I'm gonna need you not to do that. Uh, do you think we see Ben Joyce this weekend? It's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on how the starting pitching is, and mm. if the game goes three, you know, if it goes three games or two. Uh, I think if it goes three games and you have a start, you know, one of the three starts is a shorter one, like we saw from Chase Dolander or like we saw from Drew Beam. Then yeah, I do think we see him. Um, but if you get Six innings from Blade Sidwell tonight and seven innings of Chase, from Chase Dolander on Saturday in Tennessee takes care of business in two games, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him. Hmm. What I mean, on Sunday, though, who would you guess? If we're in a Sunday situation, Ethan, who do you think starts Sunday? It makes a lot of sense to say Drew Beam again, I, I would think, because you think Chase Burns probably goes at some point in game two if things get dire enough to necessitate a game three. Um, hmm. but I'm, I'm not really sure. It's, it's, it's kind of speculation at this point. I would just say beam cause that's what Vitello did last time, but obviously baseball is a, a game of change and different things will happen this weekend. I would just say burns. And like we saw with Kirby and Mabry, like, man, I might go to them first. And then if you really have to do it, I, I don't know, I would save chase. And it seems like he's just not as comfortable in the bullpen, um, as he is as a starter. So I don't know. I, I think his stuff's better. I think ask that's asking a lot for Drew Bream in a do do or die yeah. situation on that Sunday. I don't know if I want him anywhere near that. I I would go with with Burns. I mean, if that yeah. would, that would be my pick, but I almost think thinking about what they're going to do, I almost think it's one of those things where if they win game one, uh, I think they'll be aggressive using because to me, Camden Sewell is as good as anybody they yeah. have in the pitching staff besides Chase Dolander. I think if they win game one, I think they may be aggressive using him, using Sewell in game two, if needed, going Dolan or to Sewell to try to take you to the finish line. They hmm. lose tonight. They lose game one. I, I bet they save Cam to Sewell and have him available to start in that Sunday game. Maybe if huh. they fall behind again in game two. But I think there's just a, a really good comfort level uh, there with Cam and Sewell. And for, to give the ball to a senior who is doesn't have a ton of starting experience, but when you look at his starting experience, it's all in the postseason, great against Florida, in the semifinals of the SEC tournament two years ago, great in a championship game against Florida. And you want to go all the way back to his freshman year. He was great in an elimination game against Liberty in the 2019 NCAA tournament in that Chapel Hill regional. I think there's the floor for what Sewell is going to give you, I think is way higher than anybody else on Sunday. And I think that would be a really good security blanket for Tennessee if they were to fall behind and have to go to a game three. Hmm. There you go. 
Uh, Ethan, you have a new job. You're over there off the hook, as the yeah. kids say. Um, yeah, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. So, how is that going? Excited? Yeah, it's it's going pretty good. First week was I'm I'm tired. I'll be honest, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's nice to be writing about Tennessee sports once again after being done with the Beacon. Obviously, for the summer, hopefully into football season, we'll just see where it goes. That's the plan right now. Is I'll be here for a pretty decent while for the long haul writing about Tennessee sports. So I'm excited. There you go. There you go. Congratulations again, sir. Proud of you. you. Proud of you. you. Ryan, um, you're over there, Rocky Top Insider with Rick Butler. Uh, How is that going? Good stuff this week? Everything going well. Yep, uh, a lot of fun covering this this baseball season and and hoping we get uh, a trip out to to Nebraska, to Middle America. There you go. In the next week. Will you all both go if they make it that far? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, we haven't gotten (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've talked to my dad. Like, I think I want to wait because, like, losing the first two games last year and just saying, I don't want to go to Omaha and then just that kind of dismay over. Like, I think it's a long time, too. It's just trying to do that whole week. I I would rather wait. Like, if they make it the final is, I think, how we do it. It's like, that might never happen again. Final or final four. Like, I don't know. I want to see some progress in Omaha first uh, before let, we make we book the tickets. Let me pose this to you, Chase. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, Ryan. Uh, correct me if I am wildly off here. I believe Tennessee is on a crash course with Texas. Am I right? Mm. Like, they are matched up with them. They booted the ball around big time in the eighth inning today against East Carolina. So East Carolina took game one of that series. Uh, Tennessee, if they gotcha. make it to Omaha, you are correct. That's who they would play in hmm. the first yeah. game, the winner of that East Carolina-Texas region. Didn't even see that. I don't want that at all. Today. But, yeah, no, that's that's why I say that. Is Maybe you'd want that rematch thing. Mm. You have to go personally just to ensure that nothing bad happens. I was going to say, we lost already this year, too. <laughs> Wait, that feels like forever ago in Houston. Yeah, that's the uh, first loss of the season. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago, it feels like. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We still got some time to figure it out. Let's just get through the Super Regionals. Let's do that. Um, there's a party on the grass right now. The watch party started over there on Tennessee. They brought that back. That's my living hell. I will not be partaking in any of that. Uh, no interest whatsoever. So shout out to the, the Everything School and a great university, but that's just not my deal. Uh, I need my notepad, and I'm just hanging out, and uh, I, I can't do it. Uh, it's just not uh, – I can't have someone walk up to me and be like, hey, what do you think about blank? And uh, – just can't do it it's not for me it's not for me uh i actually talked to my fiance about this the other day where i was like uh, our relationship forever is just going to be because she's super bubbly and pleasant <laughs> and great and for me in my personal life generally speaking it's just like i i don't want to do any of that so i'm going to be the neighbor where they're like they're going to come up to uh something and be like does chase not like us or does he <laughs> and it's like no it's just i i do a podcast i talk to a lot of people all day and when I'm not on, I'm just, uh, I, I just, when I'm not working, I'm not working, man. I don't really want to talk and socialize. It's just not my deal. I'm a pretty strong introvert. People missed it, misunderstand that, I think, a lot. No, I think uh, I caught on to that from our years of doing the podcast, and I think I'm a less extreme version of, of you in that front, but definitely don't blame you. You do a lot, you do a lot of talking to a lot yeah. of different people. It seems like it would get exhausting. Yeah, just I'm done. Like I, once it's over, like once you wrap up here, I'm gonna get a break. I'm not gonna talk again for several hours, and it's gonna be great. I love not talking. It's a very weird thing to host a podcast and also very much love never speaking or never being asked to speak. Um, there you go, Ryan Shumpert, Ethan Stone. Go check out Rocky Top Insider and Off the Hook. Is it Off the Hook Sports dot com or Off the Hook? Off the hook yeah, Off the Hook Sports dot com. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Go do that uh, and check them out as they get 
ready for this football season and everything else and read me at sports renaissance man and you have to do it in order remember sports renaissance man dot subsec one uh number two no i'm just kidding um (laughs) (laughs) ryan ethan always a pleasure i will talk to y'all next week sounds great all right, that'll do it for today's edition here on the Chase Mills Podcast. Thank you again to Ethan and Ryan for coming on this edition of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, go Vols. Let's hope that uh, after you read this, that Tennessee, or listen to this, that Tennessee won and that they're still around for Sunday to keep this thing moving. Um, a little nervous about it, won't lie. But, uh, yeah, all thanks Tennessee on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did and you're listening by Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you have not already done so, make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review. Uh, it helps other people find the show and it helps this show continue to grow. All right. Thanks, guys. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.